0: Welcome to the Nation's Blind Podcast. I'm Melissa Riccobono and I'm here with
1: Anil Lewis and welcome to the Nation's Blind Podcast.
0: Yes. How are you, Anil?
1: I'm doing quite well. Well, to be honest, I'm trying to fight off this headache. But oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'll be better.
0: Yeah, well, I'm glad. Well, convention's coming up. You better be better. Yeah,
1: well, absolutely. I'm just getting it all out of the way before a convention.
0: That is the way to do it yeah. because generally I tend to get it out of the way after no, convention. No, no. I can no, be no, pretty miserable.
1: Last couple of years I've avoided the crud. So I, I, yeah. I have
0: too. You know, my tip, my pro tip is airborne. I... Start taking Mm -hmm. Airborne about a week before. Smart. And I just take it throughout convention and take it afterward for about a week. And it seems to knock on wood, uh, do a really (laughs) nice job helping me avoid the crud. Because, you know, you don't want to get sick at convention. No, no. That's just a terrible thing.
1: But I'm ready. Ready for convention. Ready for that adrenaline rush for that whole week of just blind.
0: Oh, (laughs) yes. Being Being in a space where people just get it. Yeah. Where where blindness is normal, we can be our authentic selves. I mm-hmm. I love that. And this year I we're going to be that.
1: even more authentic with this new location. It's going to present significant travel challenges to individuals. See how I'm segueing into our topic
0: there. I love that. Yes, yeah. yeah. so our topic is travel and yeah, I mean I think Vegas does present some interesting Travel opportunities and mm-hmm. just getting to convention in general, particularly if it's your first time or one of your first times flying or one of your first times flying by yourself, that can be a bit challenging, a bit yeah. overwhelming. Um, but, you know, luckily here on the Nation's Blind podcast, we're here for the people, right?
1: That, that's right. That's so why we exist.
0: We exist to help our people. And so today we're bringing you an episode. I had the chance to sit down with Jeff Altman from Nebraska. He's a cane travel instructor. Great guy. Great guy. He actually helps our parents of blind children with our cane walk every year. He coordinates getting instructors. And there is nothing like having little bitty kids, and sometimes even older kids, and their parents, Mm -hmm. and sometimes their siblings, all walking around with canes, with cane travel instructors who have high expectations, who show them different skills, have them practice on escalators, Mm -hmm. elevators, finding restrooms, whatever it is. Um, It's just a great event, and so we really appreciate Jeff Altman. But he teaches cane travel all the time in Nebraska, so he has a lot of great tips that he shares on this episode about traveling in airports to and from the convention and probably even more importantly, traveling in Las Vegas because – you know, Las Vegas is sort of in many, many ways its very own animal entity. I don't know exactly what you say about that, but it's it's, Las uh, Vegas. It's Las Vegas. Yeah. There's nothing else quite like it. Yeah.
1: It's just a special place. I mean, the city of lights and, you know, it used to be whatever goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas, but now the social media, everything's out there for everybody to see. (laughs) That's a very good point. But I'm, I'm looking forward to you know our convention, you know, which brings together people with a variety of different skill sets, and that's why I think the travel episode is really important because we'll have individuals there at convention, you know, in addition to Jeff, you know, that have really good travel skills, and they'll be interacting with individuals who this may be their first opportunity venturing out on their own. Uh, and the lovely part about the convention is that whole mentoring, that organic mentoring that goes on. So individuals who may be a little uncomfortable, a little unsure, that a little maybe learning something for the first time will be in a space where just out of nowhere, a person's going to volunteer their time and energy to help them understand the travel concept, a skill, a you know different way to hold their cane, how to do some echolocation. So all those different things happen without us even planning for them.
0: Yeah, they they definitely do. They definitely do. And and I can say as a traveler who wasn't always the most confident cane traveler, convention was really a huge confidence builder for me, both as a dog user and now as a cane user since my dog has retired. But there's really nothing like being able to mental map a hotel eventually (laughs) and really get it, you know, by the second to last, last day, you're (laughs) zipping down the hall thinking, oh, this is great. (laughs) But there's really nothing like that experience. And the best part about convention too is not only do you get mentored by people, but you also see other people who maybe are struggling like you are, or maybe you see, oh, there's other people that get lost too, and that's that's okay. I mean, I used to think that no one ever got lost except for me. I mean, I knew (laughs) in my head that wasn't true, but that was really a big thing for me growing up. I just thought if I'm going to get from place A to place B, I need to be confident the whole time. I need to do it perfectly the first time, and if I don't do that, I've messed up.
1: Yeah. You have to realize the fun in getting lost and the learning in getting lost. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Jeff covers some
0: of this. Uh, Yes. Yes, he does. So maybe we should stop talking ourselves and maybe (laughs) we should uh, turn it over to Jeff Altman. You're listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast. I'm Melissa Riccobono and I am here with Jeff Altman. How are you, Jeff?
2: Doing well. How about yourself? I'm
0: doing great. Thank you for asking. We are so excited to have you on the Nation's Blind Podcast today and why don't we get started Um, For those listeners who don't know you, uh, why don't you introduce yourself, uh, where you're from, what you do for a living?
2: Well, I live in Lincoln, Nebraska, and uh, for the past 30 years, I've been teaching orientation and mobility. Approximately 25 of those years have been here in uh, Lincoln at the uh, Nebraska Commission for the Blind and Visually Impaired. We are a uh, structured discovery center here. So we we have a program very similar to uh, the programs such as Louisiana Center for the Blind, uh, just a bit smaller. I am a member of the National Blindness Professional Certification Board and have been involved in the uh, National Orientation and Mobility Certification process for about 18 years now.
0: Wow, that's a long time, long time uh, to do what you do. So that brings us to the uh, realization that in a little while many of us will be traveling to Las Vegas, Nevada for our national convention of the National Federation of the Blind. And that's really what we wanted to talk to you about is okay. what are some tips and tricks from very seasoned orientation and mobility uh, cane travel instructor uh, that will kind of help us navigate some of these things. So my first questions, I guess, around the airport. Some people are very familiar with airports. They travel all the time. Airports don't stress them out at all. Other people are kind of in the middle. They travel, but maybe they still get nervous. um, And maybe it's not even so much having to do with blindness, but maybe it's more of a, they're just nervous plane travelers anyway, or they just want to make sure they're at their gate early. Uh, My mom is like that. She's totally Mm -hmm. sighted, but just doesn't likes to fl- likes to go places but doesn't really love the flying part until she's actually at her gate and will get there as early as she can <laughs> to sit there at the gate because that just makes her feel safer and then there are others of course that have had very little experience traveling through airports um, so what are some tips and tricks that you would say that sort of in general anybody could use when they're traveling through an airport
2: well and of course you know, personally for me the Probably these days, the most stressful part is getting through security.
0: Yes. (laughs) Uh, And I think that's
2: probably for anybody. One of the things that I'd like to make sure of is that I have the information I need regarding flights and gates and so forth, at least as close as I can get it, because gate numbers can change sometimes. But to have that with me so that I know what it is I'm looking for. When you are Trying to move through the environment of the airport, the more knowledgeable you are, the easier it becomes, and the less likely you are to run into the individuals at the airport who are perhaps a little overhelpful.
0: <laughs> no, that never happens at an airport. <laughs> no, <laughs> um,
2: you have to be prepared as best you can be. Uh, usually, when I arrive at the airport. Uh, My wife and I will go to the counter to check in, get our bags checked. Uh, We're very careful to make sure that we're meeting all the FAA regs so that we're not uh, coming in there with something that we have to yank out of our backpacks and throw away or something. We want to have, you know, things that are not going to cause problems in security. One of the first things I will ask is what gate are we supposed to arrive in if we're we're doing a transfer Mm -hmm. of planes? What gate are we arriving in? What gate are we going to be leaving that airport from? But um, initially, you know, we need to know the gate that we're going to right now. What gate are we going to go to to get on our flight? And usually, with that, they follow a pattern. You know, traveling through the airport is very similar to traveling in a mall. You have your gate areas, which would be similar to the shops you would pass as you walk down the hallway of a mall. So in that regard, it's not that difficult to travel through there. Now, you do have a lot of people moving around. You also occasionally have uh, electric carts moving around that are honking or beeping at you in some manner. And of course, people are not paying that close of attention, but that's kind of the way it is when you go to the mall as well. <laughs> Very true. Um, one of the things that People have that they don't have at the mall very often are those uh, little suitcases on wheels. And those can be kind of a nice thing because you can hear them doing things like going over the ends of the moving sidewalk, Mm -hmm. so you know where those are. Mm -hmm. They can also help if you're able to hear them, you know, if the wheels are squeaking or something and kind of help you keep going straight down the hallway. Now, getting from the uh, check in desk to security you can ask the person there for directions. They're also willing to have someone walk with you if you're more comfortable that way. You have to be a little careful. There is a tendency for airport people to uh, want to walk you there by putting you in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be prepared for that possibility. They can put up a pretty good argument sometimes trying to get you into that chair. I personally put up a pretty good argument for not being in that chair and that usually
0: works out. They can also be very slow in coming. So you really, if you do want assistance, at least for me, I would say making sure you're arriving very early because, and that's in fact, that's why I started traveling on my own through airports because I just got tired of waiting for somebody to come. So, I mean, there are certainly times that I will... um, particularly when my children were younger and I was traveling by myself, I just didn't have enough hands sometimes to get everybody through security in a safe way. And it wasn't anything to do with blindness. It had everything to do with, I've got these three children that I need to make sure are safe and all this luggage. And I just need another pair of hands to help us get through security. Right. Um, and so I would use that. But then I would always make sure because they can be so slow and that can be extremely stressful if you're worried that you're going to miss your plane.
2: You have to use your own best judgment. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're doing a transfer of flights, knowing how much time you have between the flights, if you've got a couple of hours, you may not necessarily need assistance. You can walk through the airport and ask people for directions along the way. But if you are at the minimum, which I believe is 45 minutes, uh, and you're not familiar with that airport, asking for someone to walk through with you or to use an electric cart could be the better alternative. Mm-hmm. Obviously, those things are there not just for blind folks. They're there for anybody who needs one. Yep. When I think I'm close to a gate, I will stop and ask someone in the gate what the gate number is. And once I'm sure that it's the right place, I try to listen to where the activity is. I, I look for a place to sit, and I listen to the activity to try and get an idea of where the actual gate gate to the SkyBridge is so that I can get to that. Now, airlines offer pre-boarding. Most of the time, that's not something that I do. Uh, There are sometimes situations where pre-boarding is something that you pretty much have to do because, well, like, for example, in your case, let's say you had three small children and a lot of stuff to deal with and perfectly legitimate in that situation to board ahead so that you can get everything organized. Uh, But most of the time, with standard airline situations, uh, you can board like everyone else. I suppose I should probably mention something about actually uh, stowing the cane and that type of thing. Now, uh, one of the things that folks need to be aware of is that Uh, Federal regulations uh, require that those that sit in exit rows be physically able to open the door. And they've placed blind folks in the category of not being physically able. So legally, we can't sit in an exit row. Also, if you're using a uh, rigid cane, you're not going to be able to sit and stow that cane if you're in the row behind the exit row because the cane itself will be sticking up into the exit row and they're not going to allow that. So if you can get yourself positioned either forward of that door or a couple rows back from that row, the exit row, so that you can lay your cane down and it's not going to interfere with anything, that that's probably the best choice. I do prefer a window seat simply because it's much easier to stow the cane Uh, against the wall of the fuselage down, and most of the time it will lay down on the floor. If it doesn't, wedge it between the armrest and the the wall, and it'll be perfectly fine there. For guide dog users, of course, the schools train folks to know that they should have the dog placed under the seat ahead of them unless they are at a a bulkhead. Then, of course, the dog would be uh, laying up against the bulkhead.
0: Well, that's really good information about the airports themselves. Why don't we move on Mm -hmm. to Las Vegas itself? It is an interesting city, and I've heard that there's some very interesting features in Las Vegas, possibly for street crossings and things that you don't see everywhere. So I'd love you to talk about those things and navigating, navigating through the casino, all those types of things.
2: Okay. Now, my wife and I were there four years ago. It is a city that changes quickly, so some of this stuff... mm, could be a little different. Sure. But um, the uh, Mandalay Bay is at the south end of the strip. And there are sidewalks along both sides of the strip for most of it. There are places where the casinos actually come right out to the edge of the street. And it's not that you're going to step off and walk in the, uh, in the street, there are bridges going across the strip and escalators that will take you up to those bridges. So you might start out on the west side of the street, but to continue going north, you may have to cross over to the east side of the street and then go a few blocks and then might have to cross back over to the west side of the street again.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: And, of course, there are escalators. uh, There are steps that you can use as well at most of these. Some of them may have elevators. Uh, We didn't really explore that, so I don't know for sure. But it's they've done these things to try and keep people from running across the Strip because apparently at one point they were having a lot of accidents. And so by providing these uh, crossovers and also walling things off so it's harder to get out to the Strip, uh, that seems to have eliminated that problem. It just makes it uh, interesting to figure out what you need to do to get where you're going.
0: A lot of good structure discovery.
2: <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, Also, there are buses running uh, along the Strip, and they go clear up into the downtown area. And so you can catch a bus. Uh, They're double-decker, by the way. Hmm. And you can take those buses uh, up along the Strip. There's stops every probably three, four blocks along the uh, Strip. And so, for example, if you want to go up and check out Fremont Street, which is way up at the north end of the Strip, you can get on a bus and it will take you up there. There are vending machines, or at least when I was there, that were vending machines for purchasing bus passes. They were not terribly accessible, so you might have to ask someone for some assistance in getting your bus couponed in order to ride the bus. Now the casinos themselves, every one of them is unique. The one thing they all have in common is once you go inside where the casino is, they are loud. (laughs) True. Some of the casinos, when you come in, there are pathways to go past the casino and still get to where you're going. But many of them are set up so that you do have to pass through the casino. There is no simple way to go through you're going to be dealing with a lot of people milling around and a lot of sound from the machines. Uh, It's also, for someone who has some eyesight, a lot of flashing lights. And so it may not be the most conducive to trying to use low vision in the process of traveling through. Basically, start out in a straight line, and you may have to ask questions along the way from customers or from employees to find out how to get through until you get used to the pathway if you're going to different casinos you're going to have to probably be asking the public for some directions along the way the casinos themselves are organized usually into different areas with machines and with other types of games and there may be sounds associated with that that you can use for uh, orientation you know, uh, you'll hear the roulette table if you're near it, and you might hear a chuckle up table if you're in that area. Otherwise, you're going to hear the various slot machines operating, and that can certainly tell you some information about where you are, but not necessarily all that much uh, help to getting from point A to point B. A lot of the hotels when you come in, the desk area is separate from the casino. You can usually, not always, but usually you can get to the elevators and to your room without necessarily passing through the casino. But to get to some of the restaurants and stuff, you're probably going to have to go through the casino.
0: Well, this is great. Well, we do have uh, one other thing that Jeff is very involved with, and that's our cane walk for parents of blind children and their children and even blind teenagers. Um, So do you want to tell just briefly about that, Jeff, what day it's going to be and um, how people can get involved in that?
2: Well, of course, to get involved with it, they uh, would probably need to be talking to you, Melissa, or one of the other members of the uh, parents' division. Yep. So it's also in our agenda,
0: get, so they can get all yeah, the details. Yep.
2: All the details and signed up. Now, uh, it's going to be on Monday the 8th, I believe that yep, is? Yep,
0: that's correct.
2: And it's going to be in the morning. Yep. I'm trying
0: to... Uh, There's <laughs> two sessions, so it's sessions. generally... And I have to look and make sure that we can do this. We're very tight on space for meeting rooms in Las Vegas. <laughs> um, and so generally, it's 845 to 1030. And then 11 to 1245, um, I will right. be checking just to make sure that that's still okay because I know that there may okay. be, you know, room conflicts that we're running into. But I, I think that's okay. I think we're all right doing that. And, um, and yeah, Jeff is so kind to set up all of the certified orientation and mobility instructors that come, and um, they're often blind people that are teaching parents of blind children and blind children how to travel. So it's really exciting.
2: And we provide, first, a little bit of a discussion about cane travel and its importance for children who are Mm -hmm. blind. We then have instructors pair off with families and their children. And we not only have the children using canes, but we also have the parents doing this, too, so that they have an idea of what their role would be in helping their child to learn the skills. And we also have discussions on what their rights are in dealing with school districts and so forth. So it's a very good educational experience. And from the standpoint of being an instructor, it's one of the highlights of convention for me. I, I really thoroughly enjoy working with the kids and watching them uh, really take off and start going. I had a young lady who was, uh, her, she and her mother were from a small island in the uh, British Virgin Islands, it had come to convention several years ago. And I worked with her on getting onto an escalator, and she was scared to death. For one thing, she'd never seen an escalator wow. before. And finally got her on the escalator, and we rode it a few times. And later that evening, my wife and I were in the gift shop at the hotel, and I heard this voice uh, down the uh, yelling for me, and uh, it was the young lady with her mother and she came running over to tell me that she had ridden the Escalator on her own
0: oh there's nothing so, like that that's wonderful yeah. we do give free white canes as well so this is a yes, really yes, excellent opportunity if you're not sure if your child needs a cane if you just want to check it out if you as a parent really want a teaching cane to um, be able to teach your child um, better and, and you know learn how to do things yourself this is the place to be
2: yeah, this is a program that a gentleman named Joseph Cutter started, oh, geez, 20 years ago anyway. Yeah, yep. And uh, it has just grown into a really phenomenal event.
0: Yes, it has. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for sharing all these wonderful tips and tricks with our listeners, and I look forward to seeing you in Las Vegas.
2: Look forward to seeing you as well, Melissa.
0: Have a great Thanks day. you
2: very much. All right. You too.
0: Wow, you know, I don't know who learns more With the Nation's Blind podcast, our listeners or me, I had no idea. It's been a long time since I've been to Vegas, and I had no idea that there were streets that you have to kind of go up and over bridges to cross. It just seems a little bit interesting, to say the least.
1: Well, I'm I'm just glad that I found out before I got to Vegas because I've never gone outside of the airport. So this is going to be an interesting experience for me. But I'm ready. You're ready. ready.
0: You're ready. Well, we're ready, too. And we really hope that you all have good travels, safe travels to the convention. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, if you're not going to convention, we hope that you have safe travels in the summer. It's kind of the season of travel. So get out there. Try some new things. We would love to hear from you about your travel experiences, either your travel experiences, particularly in Vegas, tips, tricks, things that you found, um, things that maybe you did for the first time, things that you thought would be really difficult but were easy, uh, whatever you'd like to share. But certainly if you have other really pro travel tips that you'd love to share with us, we would love to hear them. So there's many ways to get in touch with us.
1: Well, let me just get this out of the way. You can do the way that most people know, and that's give us a call. The number is 410-659-9314. The extension is 2444.
0: That's right. You can email podcasts at Mm nfb.org.
1: I knew that one too. Good. Yeah, it's these others that throw me off.
0: Okay, well, I'll take care of them then. Thank you. You can like us on Facebook. Just search for National Federation of the Blind, and you can comment on our Facebook page or send mm-hmm. a message to our Facebook page. And then you can also follow us on Twitter and tweet at us. We're at NFB underscore voice.
1: There you go. This is the beginning of a series on travel, and we hope that the information we provide is going to be helpful for each and every one of you. Uh, and until next time, remember, you can live the life you want.
0: Blindness is not what holds you back.